You're listening to the voice of Dog. This is Rob McWolf, your fellow traveler, and today's story is The Mouse from Mykonos by Husky Tear, a two-time Kyotl and Ursa Major Award winner and writer of short stories in and out of the furry fandom. The Mouse from Mykonos can be found in the anthology In the Light of the Dawn from the Furry Historical Fiction Society. Follow Husky Tear on Twitter or huskytear at dogbox.social on Mastodon for writing news and terrible puns. Read by Draylon, the Dapper Dragon Fox, Artie Hart, a wolf of all trades, Luna, your internet half-creature, and by Khaki, your faithful fireside companion. Please enjoy The Mouse from Mykonos by Husky Tear. Friends! We present to you tonight a comedy, a story of young love, trickery, and deception, heartbreak, and suspense to honor the goddess Aphrodite at her festival. Meet the strict father, his handsome son, the stranger from a faraway land who upsets their ordered households, and me, Philicon, the wily slave. Cry and laugh with us at our tale of The Mouse from Mykonos. I bow, wave, and run from the stage into the wings. There I pull my mask off and pant. I'm not in the opening scene, so I got a chance to catch my breath and get my thoughts together. Tonight is the night, the festival, the play, and then drinking and dancing and celebration. My chance, my final chance to make a move on Leptos, the marbled polecat who plays the son of the family, who's in love with a poor mouse, but his father disapproves. There's disguise and misunderstanding and mistaken identity galore, so it's lucky they have me to sort everything out and make sure everyone ends up with the right person. Comedy is complicated. Lepsos is on stage now. He's telling his father, played by Ptolemus the Lion, that he's going to marry his girlfriend, whether or not she's low-born and unworthy of their family. It's not a huge role. Ptolemus and I carry the weight of the play, but Leptos fills it with passion. He's deadly serious, and that makes it funnier for the audience, who laugh more the more he protests the depth of his love. I've heard his speech time and time again in rehearsal, but tonight... It feels real. I imagine it's about me. Right now, his beautiful dappled coat is rubbed with yellow powder, and his fluffy tail, as long again as the lithe body, is bound except for a tuft at the tip, turning him from polecat to a young lion. At the party, he will be himself again. Akis? Akis? Hey, fox! I forget sometimes that my name isn't actually Philicon. Ptolemus. Lion mask over lion face. The features exaggerated. The mane a straggle of straw mixed with his own auburn locks. He's hoarse and panting from roaring at his stage sun. Lot of energy out there, he says. When he sits next to me, his body is hot from working hard and his scent is strong. I cock an ear. There are chuckles from the audience shouted advice, 
and yells of disapproval. The series worship is over, and they're out to have fun. <gasps> That's Big Ears, the mouse from Mykonos himself, striding up the parados. He's actually a rat, but he plays the part well, exaggerating his small stature, his confident walk, and his enormous lies. His ego is almost that big off stage too. I've been living and working with these people for weeks, years in the case of Ptolemus. We've played opposite each other countless times, but I still get tangled in the threads of real names and character names, species and staged species. Leptos, though. Leptos is... Leptos? The slender one, slinky, spotted, moves like liquid. Ptolemus's heavy paw lands on my shoulder. It's my turn again. On my way to the stage, I nod to the statue of Aphrodite, the dear goddess, and to smiling Thalia, the comic muse whose hedgehog prickles remind us that comedy can be barbed. This is it, my one big scene with Leptos. Young master, why do you growl like an angry dog when you are a lion? My mane is not yet grown, and I cannot defeat my father. <laughs> the main thing is, you're still on your feet. You are young. There will be other girls for you to love. Not for me. I love this one, heart and soul. <laughs> and other parts as well, I'll be bound. I must look after her. After all, it is not her fault that I speared her with my dart. You did? My aim was true, and now she grows fairer each day. She does? By the gods, I didn't think he had it in him. And now she has it in her. My love is great, Philicon, and growing greater. It waxes in secret, in the dark. It has become so large, I fear it will consume us both. All right, my lord, that's enough. If I wanted to see a picture like that, I'd go to the public toilets. But you are a lion, and she is a mouse. Love knows no boundaries, Philicon. Perhaps it is the work of the gods. Indeed, they do enjoy watching us for their sport, or so I've heard. Philicon looks out at the audience suspiciously. But the gods hold no sway over my father, and so I turn to you, Philicon, for help. Young master, if I were a household god, would I spend so much time washing dishes and sweeping floors? Oh, Philicon, please, I beseech you. In our home you are more powerful than Zeus the bull, wiser than Athene the owl, and know more about love than Eros the rabbit. Philicon? Philicon, you you will speak with my father? Uh, yes, young master, of course. Go to your girl and bring her here. I will help you face your father. The old man has never been able to resist my tongue. I didn't know that. I did not wish to know that. Thank you, Philicon. Always have you helped me ever since I was a cub stealing honey cakes. You will be richly rewarded. And now your goal is something even sweeter than a honey cake, and more forbidden, and probably just as bad for you. I love her, Philicon, 
and nothing shall get in the way of our love. <sighs> Cubs, they fall in love as easily as they fall out of bed. But I can turn the old man around. I will receive my reward, and then I shall buy my freedom. Also wine, lots of wine! Exit. You were great, I tell Laptos, the second I get off the stage. His fur is bristling. What made you dry up? He snaps back at me, and I feel my tail lose its confident perk. Uh, he's tense, I tell myself. We all are, keyed up for the performance. Uh, I was thinking of something else. I grab the water jug and drink deeply to hide my hurt and embarrassment. Don't think. Keep your mind on the play, stupid though it is. Big Ears joins us. He's the most recognised of the cast, with the longest history. It's his name that's pulled in tonight's crowd. You'd rather be doing the old stuff, is that it? All fart jokes and strap-on willies, and it ends with one of the gods swooping in from above to fix everything? Cheap laughs, Leptos, <laughs> says the man dressed as a girl. In a long white dress, Big Ears is beautiful and perfect. You believe in him as a woman and as a mouse. He never hams it up with swaying feminine hips or little rodent twitches because he knows the secret of comedy is to play it as seriously as tragedy, if not more so. <laughs> Don't speak to your betrothed like that, says Big Ears. He gives the polecat a peck on the cheek, and I burn with envy. Leptos looks stunned, as if a chorus of frogs had started talking to him. That's the thing about Big Ears. He can, and does, stay in character when he's not performing, and it works for him. The rest of us don't have the balls. Out there, Ptolemus is delivering his soliloquy. There's a rumble of laughter from the audience. Our play isn't the kind of funny that has you holding your sides and howling, more a steady flow of chuckles and groans. Light stuff, after the blood-soaked tragedy the other company put on earlier. Get everyone in the mood for a celebration afterwards. Speaking of which... <clears throat> uh, looking forward to the party? I ask Leptos. Oh, yeah! He gives a sinuous little wriggle of excitement. It's adorable. All those people wanting to touch an actor. And more, if you know what I mean. Which isn't quite the reaction I wanted. Big Ears flaps his paw to shush us. He's waiting for his cue. Leptos shuffles closer to me and lowers his voice so the rat's famous ears won't pick it up. Hey, at the party, do you think you can grab a jug and a couple of wine cups, put them aside? He's mumbling into my ear, and I thrill at the intimacy of it. My tail starts to twitch, then swing from side to side as he delivers his request. He wants me. He wants me. Some bread and oil. And some of those little snacky things, olives and dates. The polecat continues. <laughs> of course, Leptos, I say too loudly and clasp the marbled paw between my two. He springs away with a significant glance at Big Ears, who's throwing on his costume for the next scene, when he goes to the father disguised as an old woman, pretending to be the mouse's mother to convince him she is of noble birth after all. There's a burble of laughter from the audience. Not the good kind, when a line comes off just right, but the other sort. Something's gone wrong on the stage. Scene, the house. 
Did you call me, oh master? Uh, no, I, uh, about time. As you can see, the hem of my robe has become caught in the door. Oh, silly old fool. He shouldn't be allowed out by himself. <clears throat> to the father, as he frees him. <laughs> there we go. Naughty, naughty door. It shall be punished. Philicon kicks the door. The set wobbles. The actors watch it anxiously. The mouse enters. Ah, most noble father of the house of Leon, I have come to... What is your slave doing here? He was assisting me with, um, uh, intimate matter. I shall not inquire further. He was just leaving, weren't you, Philicon? <laughs> of course, master. You're welcome, by the way. Anyway, I have come to assure you that my daughter is a fine match for your son. As you can see, I am of noble birth and most richly attired. I do see. If I may say so, madam, your beauty exceeds that of your lovely offspring. You are too kind. Could I tempt you to dine with me this evening to discuss the future of our children, of course? Of course. Then you will. Oh, I meant... <laughs> well, all right, you sweet thing. Goodbye. Hurry back. Philicon! Philicon! Philicon, I have seen a vision. Philicon enters. Really, master? Is the old man losing it at last? A vision of loveliness. Such a sweet creature. A beauty. Her looks have only increased with her age. Help! He thinks the lady is her own mother. Well, uh, that was the plan, but it was not part of the plan at all. The old master and the young master are in love with the same woman. We shall meet tonight to discuss our children. Your... By the gods, he's a fast worker. First the son, now the father. It's not only forward. It should be impossible. The dirty beast. Whatever am I to do now? The son enters. Ah, father, so you have met my beloved noble mother. Do you see now that we can be together? Oh, yes. I can see the Lady Mouse is of the noblest stock. So do I have your blessing to marry her? On one condition. Oh, anything, darling father whom I adore. Just ask. You won't mind if I marry her mother? Uh, not that. If I might interrupt. Please do. Please, please, please do. If you're educated, you'll know how the play ends. If you're not, go see it. Suffice to say that good old cunning Philicon sorted all out. Everything neatly wrapped up with happy endings for all. Now, to make that happen in real life. No comic misunderstandings. No cunning deceptions, no reversals, just lovely, luscious leptos for me. I change out of Philicon's slave garb and brush my fur where it's matted and clumped from the sweat of hard acting and all the running in and out of the last scene. 
When I pop my own clothes over my head, it takes me a few minutes to adjust the folds. Just because I'm hoping to have my tunic ripped carelessly off doesn't mean I don't want it to look nice. And by the time I'm ready, I can hear the party already in full swing. Some of the crowd don't give me a second glance now I've changed my clothes. Some nudge each other and whisper and giggle. And some... I thought you were really good. The lynx leans in. Really, really good. <laughs> Thank you. Glad you enjoyed the play. We manoeuvre. I want to get past, grab some food. I'm almost too nervous to eat before a performance. And find Leptos. But the lynx sidles around, so my back's to the wall and I can't escape. Can you... There's wine on his breath, and his paw finds my tunic, holding it where it opens over my chest, like a supplicant making a request, but slipped a little. Can you introduce me to Leptos? he asks. No chance, mate. He's mine, I think, even as I bristle over the fact that he's using me to get to the bigger star. I didn't want a fan, but I did. I glance over the crowd at Hedgehog Thalia, up on her column. She's smiling. Ha-ha, comic muse. Very funny. Uh, sure, uh, find me later, okay? I have to go and do actor things. Uh, exercises for my muscles after all the acting, you know? And just to make the lie more awkward, I flex my non-existent biceps. The lynx nods understandingly and lets me go. He seems happy to have been trusted with this secret of the mysterious, magical thing that is a theatre. Ptolemus, his leonine head towering above most of the revellers, is getting his share of attention. I can hear his rumbling laugh, and I know he's telling stories about the theatre life, although I can't make out the words. He has fans who remember when he used to play romantic leads years ago, as well as admirers of his comedy chops. Me, I've gone from playing a young, skinny slave to playing a middle-aged, chunky slave. Big Ears is standing on a table, swaying like a dancer. Unmixed wine goes a long way with a little guy like a rat. He's got hold of a loaf of bread and is holding it in front of his groin, waggling it about. As I watch, he lifts the back of his tunic and holds his nose. Looks like people do still appreciate willies and fart jokes after all. I'm scanning for Leptos, and spot him watching Big Ears clown around. Fine. Let him stay there while I prepare. I take figs, ripe and juicy and suggestive, and grapes because you can pop grapes into another's mouth. Olives because I know the polecat likes things salty. Honey because I want him to think I'm sweet. Ptolemus glances around at me and his ears raise in surprise. Performance took a lot out of you, did it? He rumbles. Or are you bulking up for your next role? <laughs> Just peckish, I reply, tucking a loaf of bread under my arm. We're not well paid, and the feast is always a good way to catch up on a few meals. But this time, I'm out for seduction, not a full belly. So I mix water with the wine before making off with a terracotta jug, because I don't want us to get too hammered before the final performance of the evening. "'Thank you for rescuing me in the mother scene,' he adds. "'Oh, no problem. "'It's not like the lion to be phased by a little thing like snagging his tunic. "'But improvising through these mishaps is part of acting, 
keep going when it goes wrong, fool the audience into thinking it's all part of the play. I choose a spot on the grass below Thalia on her column, and lay everything out so it looks pretty. The wine jug, I notice, is decorated with satyrs, engaging in some surprising and gymnastic, but definitely possible, acts of love. Maybe we'll start at the spout side and work our way round to the handle? <laughs> later, later! For now, should I arrange myself? Reclined full lengths on the glass? No, that's too forward. Oh, sitting pensively with my chin in my paw and my tail curled round my toes? Oh, surprised, a mid-bite, a fig held before my lips. Leptos arrives while I'm still deciding on a pose, so I am standing awkwardly among the good things, but I don't mind. He's here, slim body taut like a bowstring, tail free of its binding and gorgeously fluffy. Ah, oh, Akis, thank you. You're a star. I grin. He's my star, and soon we'll be starring in our own private show. Like a true hero, I've overcome all obstacles to win my goal. The lynx sways up to us. Oh, no, no, no! I thought you were really good, he says to Leptos. Even though I'm thoroughly enraged he's shown up to spoil the moment, I managed to find a little extra annoyance that he's tried the same line on both of us. This is a private party, Leptos tells him. Oh, I won't bother you for long. I just wanted... His splayed paw leans on the pillar to get his balance... It wobbles. We all look up as the head of Thalia, with its marble spines, teeters, rocks on its base with a scraping sound, and finally falls. It's the god, my god, my muse, swooping down from above to fix everything. I push Leptos out of the way, to the ground. Thalia shatters beside us. I'm straddling the polecat, who's rubbing the back of his head where it hit the earth. Huh, are you all right? I ask. Leptos lifts a paw, and Big Ears takes it in both pink hands, shouldering me aside as if I don't exist. Leptos smiles bravely up into rodent eyes that are round and soft with concern. Scattered around the rat are parcels of cheese and spiced meats. He's dropped in his worry. His contributions to the picnic Leptos had me prepare for him and Big Ears. I back away, brushing dirt from my tunic. From the deeps of my misery, I feel a heavy paw on my shoulder. It takes effort, but I drag my head up and look into Ptolemus's golden eyes. Let's get you a drink, he says, and he leads me through the excited crowd. There it is. Love is for golden youth, not for grumpy old men and their cunning slaves. Not for the ugly ones. You're not ugly. At least, that's the way it is on stage. Boy falls in love with girl, never with boy. To think of sex when you're old is dirty and contemptible. Don't rub it in. Oh, come on, that was a good line. For a comedy. And what is this? I don't know. Not a tragedy, I hope. Or a satyr play. Perhaps it's real life. It'll never catch on. On stage, love comes as swiftly as a lightning bolt and stays forever. But off the stage, is it so smooth? Your speech is certainly smooth, friend. I swear to Thalia, it is unrehearsed. 
and I know not if the audience I hope to please will laugh or cry. Mm. Or perhaps throw rotten fruit? Agus, Agus, what I'm trying to say. I know you've had your foxy eyes on Leptos ever since the cast for Mouse was picked. <laughs> I... Don't try to deny it. I've acted with you for years, and you never dry up on stage like that. Only love could be the cause. You dried too. Oh. Yes. Me? Yes. Love? It doesn't come so quickly in real life, does it? But maybe it can start with... A drink? Play a slave and be treated as one. Play a lover and people think that you are lovable and that they love you. I know because that was me. Before I played grumpy old men. Then they realize it's all masks and string wigs. And when the masks come off? Hmm. Let's find out, shall we? This was The Mouse from Mykonos by Husky Tear. Read for you by Draylon, the Dapper Dragonfox, as Ptolemas. Artie Hart, a wolf of all trades, as Leptos. Leona, your internet half-creature, as Big Ears. And by Khaki, your faithful fireside companion, as Akis, the narrator. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog, or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.